podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Here, we love talking about everything Batman. The BatmanUniverse.net has news, original content, and reviews about Batman comics, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net and join our Discord server to start chatting with fellow fans. We can't wait to talk to you guys. Also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense. On with the show. Hey, Bat fans, you're listening to the Batman Universe podcast. Um, today, you have your host, Scott, that's me, and I'm joined by co-host BJ. Otto uh, is unfortunately out. He's a little sick right now, so it's just the two of us this week. But we have a lot of news. Um, we got some comments and our normal icebreaker. So we have a lot of ground to cover today. Um, we'll start with our TBU mailbag, we have two comments to address. The first one um, was a nice surprise, I think. It was um, comic creator Scott Beatty um, gave a shout out to BJ on his site for uh, BJ's recent TBU Five Things article, which I will post below. But um, just to read the quote, because he can do it much better than I can trying to summarize it. Just says much thanks this month to BJ Shave at the Batman Universe for his recent article, TBU Five Things Favorite Moments from Year One Stories, that called out not one, not two, but all three of DC Comics best-selling sidekick trifecta tales co-written by Chuck Dixon and me. BJ cited fan favorite scenes from Robin Year One, Batgirl Year One, and Nightwing Year One, and he posted a link to the article. So that was pretty cool. Um, BJ, do you want to address that or speak yeah, to that gotta, before? <laughs> yeah, no, it was a bit of a surprise uh, over like Thanksgiving break. Uh, just kind of sit on Twitter and get sent to me. Um, Ryan Lauer from the Batman Book Club, that podcast, he sent it over to me. And I said, it was a surprise. I don't know what it was. And I click on the link and uh, there it is. Scott Beatty like, wrote three of my you know favorite Batman family stories and it's kind of shout me out. So it was a nice surprise. It was pretty cool. Uh, kind of felt good. Made me feel a little happy, but it was good. I wonder how he found it. He must be, he must be all over the Batman universe. Dot nice. On the site. Yeah. If you want to read uh, the five things article in question, like I mentioned before, it will be listed below in the blurb for this episode, but our next comment completely different came uh from a discussion last episode that i was not here for it was a really terrible week for me so could not make it even though i try to make all of these but it came from erdnot rex which first off i'll say i appreciate the ruler of tachanka commenting but he says as a trade collector it's been a nightmare for years this is speaking to the trade publication discussion between Otto and BJ last episode. Hardcovers appear very quickly, but paperbacks take ages. Still waiting for the Detective Comics Road to Ruin, given they have released some ones later than that. 
Yeah. I guess we'll say good luck on that. It's, you know, if you haven't listened to the last episode, it's definitely a problem. Adel especially raised a lot of concerns and grievances about the whole um, trades publication that DC goes has going on, how nonsensical it is, and how it kind of, you know, to, to summarize a little bit of what was said, kills a lot of the audience and fan base and kind of puts certain readers at a disadvantage. I don't know if you have anything to piggyback off of that. No, I think we covered it all uh, yeah. last episode. I mean, there, if, it should be an easier way to do things, but almost you feel like these DC and Marvel and the comic companies just want to be kind of stubborn and like, like stick it to everybody a little bit. Like it should be a lot easier than it actually is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe they'll learn their lesson eventually. Right now they're too busy <laughs> trying their pint size graphic novels. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that was our mailbag section. Those are two great comments we got. If you guys want to contribute, you can always message us uh, by joining our Discord and harassing us in there. Totally fine. We're pretty active in there. Um, link for that will be below. Or you can email us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. You know, you can say, hey, TBU podcast or whatever you want to put in the subject line. We will get it. Moving on, our icebreaker this week uh, with the holidays coming up and, you know, everyone getting really busy, figured it was time to uh, look back and reflect on the holiday themed Batman stuff. So this week's icebreaker is, do you have any favorite holiday themed Batman stories? And the second part of that is, are there any that you revisit annually? So I would probably say that Probably the easy, the ones I do visit like every year are, I mean, these are probably pretty basic, but you know, holiday nights and Christmas with the Joker from the animated series. I'm sure I'm not, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. But one kind of newer, I guess fairly not fairly recent, but I think it's a detective comics issue. Paul Dini wrote it. It's cut one off with um Joker and he kidnaps Tim Drake Robin. I think it's called like Slay Riot or something. Slay obviously spelled uh, differently, but and Joker kind of goes around killing people on like Christmas Eve or something. So it's just kind of like a one-off issue. It's a fun issue, like good Tim Drake issue. And that's probably one that I kind of will turn to, that I've turned to fairly recently. But yeah, the ones I go to a lot are like around every Christmas. I mean, Batman Returns, of course. I watch that while I wrap uh, presents and it'll take me forever because I kind of, I end up falling watching the movie more than wrapping presents. But yeah, definitely. I mean, holiday nights and Christmas with the Joker are the two main ones that I go back to every year. Yeah. I feel like those, (laughs) I had those on my list. I thought about this and like, I feel like low hanging fruit, like long Halloween is there for me, you know, just, and I read that a lot, you know, I do revisit that one quite a bit, but you know, sleigh rides a good one. There was a Nightwing one from a couple years back. I didn't want to dig through my vaults of comics to try to find what issue it was, but it was a one shot, which I love one shots. And it was just, you know, Nightwing solving some caper and, you know, turning to Bruce for help in order to get someone like a job because they lost their job because of some corporate takeover thing going on. But again, I didn't want to dig through my vaults and pull that issue out. But yeah, as far as 
other media i it usually falls to cartoon episodes and like movies and batman returns is there for me you know christmas with the joker alley nights but the batman brave and the bold episode with um red tornado that i really like that's kind of a standout you know it's called invasion of the secret santas it's a fun one you know it's a little aged down but also like has a lot of that like holiday cheer Christmas heart thing going on. And despite this not featuring Batman in the same vein, but even more of a punch to the heart, you know, or, or in terms of evoking emotions is the justice league comfort and oh, joy yeah. episode from, you know, the animated universe around Batman, the animated series where Martian Manhunter has nowhere to go for Christmas and, Superman invites him over to the cat farm because he's, you know, family. Like that one's tear jerker for sure. Yeah, like great line in that too. When uh, I think like someone says like, "Oh, where's Batman?" Like, "Oh, he asked for he asked for monitor duty." Like in the Watchtower, like he's the one guy who wants to work on Christmas Eve. And Christmas <laughs> but, but yeah, that's a great. One. I didn't think of that one. And yeah, I remember that. I probably I've only really only seen Brave and the Bold like all the way through like once, but like. From what I remember, like, I really enjoy it. Like, it is it is one of those where it's, like, it's four kids, but there's enough in there that, like, adults can enjoy it, too. And it's cool to see, like, that kind of, like, super, like, almost Batman 66-type Batman, like, who's a little quippy. And, like, he'll say, like, these over-the-top things with such seriousness. Like, it is kind of cool to revisit that. Like, Diedrich Bader is kind of – he's pretty underrated as Batman just because that show is kind of – almost forgotten it's like beloved it's almost like like kind of like a cult status thing for batman yeah i wonder why i wonder if it's just because the tone you know because it's not like dark and like brooding and more of like you know lighthearted. i mean there's a lot of heart there but i've only watched like reruns of it and like probably when like when it was first airing i saw commercials i was probably like oh it's kind of a little goofy and silly but then when you actually watch it it is kind of it kind of delves deep into Batman's world and like these the whole DC universe is there and like there's a lot of some pretty great episodes. Yeah, definitely. And for people who haven't watched it, you know, might be time to give it a shot. It's always a, a good family adjacent Batman series too. But again, there is a lot of there are some episodes that are pretty heavy hitters with the themes there. I don't know. There's I think there's one what there's one episode where like Batman conf- uh, confronts Joe Chiller, right? And yeah, that's a that, that's one. Of, I remember watching that one and be like, "Holy smokes! Like this is pretty good." Isn't Kevin Conroy do a cameo on that one too? If I remember mm-hmm. right, I think he's the Phantom Stranger. Yeah, that sounds right. And then one of my favorite episodes too is the one where um, it's like uh, Alfred's kind of writing like Knights of Tomorrow, I think it's called, where Damien's in it and. Uh, he grows up to be Batman and Dick's in there as Batman and like Bat- Bruce is married to Selena. Like I remember seeing that episode and I'm like, wow, this is like, this is top notch stuff. Yeah. It will be missed, but not forgotten. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Speaking of uh, heavy hitters, our first topic tonight, we're going to get the um, not, well, like, yeah, non Batman stuff out of the way, the greater DCU stuff. Uh, we had, more casting updates for Superman Legacy. So some cool ones. I think I'm just going to run through the list of the new cast announcements and then do a refresher on the current already announced 
um, you know, cast members. But it was recently announced that Nicholas Holt is playing Lex Luthor, Skylar Gazondo, who I'm probably butchering his last name, but he plays Gideon in the Righteous Gemstones a show on uh, HBO. Um, he's playing Jimmy Olsen. Sarah Sampaio as Eve Tessmacher, which is kind of a cool deep cut. And then Maria Gabriela De Faria as uh, labeled as the villain, um, the engineer for Superman Legacy, which, you know, Lex Luthor's in there. So you kind of wonder who's doing what. But the engineer has been listed and noted by James Gunn as the villain, which um, is interesting because. You know, her character is not the first engineer, but the first engineer in the DC universe is or was part of the authority, which is also going to be part of the DC uh, film universe. Um, and these new new actors join, you know, past casting, you know, as a refresher, David uh, Cornsweat as Superman, Rachel Brosnahan, who played uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel as Lois Lane, Anthony Corrigan as Metamorpho, Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. Eddie Gathagy as Mr. Terrific and Isabella Merced as Hot Girl. So quite the roster listed out there. Um, before we jump into uh, my other notes on this, did you have any feelings, BJ, about the cast? The only one I'm familiar with is uh, Nicholas Hole and strictly from uh, when he was Beast in the um, the X-Men movies. So that's he's really the only one of name I recognize. I will say, uh, Skylar Gazondo, he looks like a Jimmy Olsen. Yes. So I, when I saw that picture, I was like, <laughs> got like that boyish face. Yeah. Kind of play like a little kind of like a geeky nerd almost. And like, yeah, boom, that's Jimmy Olsen. He's a good actor. And, you know, I've seen him, like I said, the Righteous Gemstones I mentioned, but he's also, there's a video game called The Quarry, which I don't know if you played it, but it's kind of like a, it's like a horror game where you hop between different characters and it's a lot of quick time events. You have to like keep people alive, but he's in there and he's really good in there too. Um, <clears throat> but uh, um, the character of Eve Tessmacher kind of made me happy to see. I'm not familiar with Sarah Sampaio, but uh, Eve Tessmacher, Tessmacher as a character kind of pulled at some heartstrings there because that, you know, she was in the uh, older Superman movies with Gene Hackman so that's kind of a fun throwback. I'm not too familiar with her character outside of those movies, but um, I know she yeah. was in Supergirl um, for a little. And yeah, I really only, I don't know if she ever make a comic appearance. Maybe I don't know. I'm sure there's uh, some big Superman fan out there who would know. But yeah, I really, really know the character from the movies. Yeah, if there are Superman fans who want to correct us in the comments you're more than welcome yeah <laughs> and set the record straight um but as far as the engineer goes like i'm aware of this character but it's not a character i've read a lot of but the um authority connection kind of like i guess it makes sense to me that it kind of feels like a swerve of a villain but also like they are making a the, the authority movie so maybe this will be there'll be some kind of connection there tie in and it's kind of part of a master plan of sorts yeah, I would hope so. Like, I don't know if the obviously a good maybe a good place to set up that authority movie is with Superman. I think I've seen a lot of buzz online that like this movie maybe just just we haven't heard anything from Gunn, but people kind of assuming that this movie is going to kind of lean into that like 
Superman versus the Elite story. Um, I know it's an animated movie, but the what's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way that story from the comics, like, yeah, I feel like that's from all these kind of signs, like the authority and things like that, and like Guy Gardner. Like, it feels like that's kind of maybe the tone of this movie is going to be, which, I mean, I, I do like that animated movie. It's kind of interesting when you frame it that way, because while you're mentioning that, it like, it's almost like if they did do that, if those rumors were true, it could be like a weird, I don't know, not commentary, but like a push away from like the super grim, dark superhero films and kind of yeah getting back to like, why people like these characters to begin with and kind of shut off a lot of that, like, you know, deeper, serious, realistic, moral quandaries type of thing. Yeah. And, and with Superman, you can do that where he's, yeah. the, he's the bright spot. He's the, the all American, like the black and white, like I see things as good and bad. Like he's the one you can do that with where as like Batman, like there's shades of gray and like for certain characters like that, but with Superman, like, He's like the, he should be the symbol of hope. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. But I didn't speak to Nicholas Holt yet because, you know, obviously he's the big name here. He's Lex Luthor. Um, but I wanted to point out that I find this kind of amusing because he auditioned for both Bruce Wayne for Matt Reeves, the Batman, as well as, you know, supposedly, you know, we reported on this way back on the tap, the Batman Universe podcast, but he was in the running. They were circling, you know, him for auditioning for Clark Kent, you know, for this movie. So kind of a fun, you know, didn't get either role, you know, didn't get Batman, didn't get Superman, but he's Lex Luthor. And so it's almost like he has that, like, he, he could theoretically channel that chip on his shoulder if he wanted to. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be like that almost kind of you might feel the rivalry between Superman and Lex Luthor, like between Holt and uh, Corn and Sweat, like uh, just like, oh, like one in some multiverse, like he's Superman. But uh, yeah, it is funny how he's probably going to have more fun being the villain. I feel like any like you hear like these wrestlers like, oh, when they can go heel, like they have more fun than being like the face. And I feel like he's going to kind of chew the scenery and kind of really channel Lex Luthor and kind of, and he'll probably have more fun than he would be if he was Superman. Yeah. I kind of wonder where the land with the portrayal, just because, um, you know, like we're in like X-Men, he's more serious as like beast, but like he's in Mad Max Fury Road and like the great, that TV show about Catherine the Great, he's in there and in, in both Mad Max and that one, he's very like, you know, amplified, very, you know, kinetic, energetic, kind of crazy, goofy, you know, very much like a passionate, emotional character that has prone to like outbursts and stuff. So, yeah, I wonder if that's like with his Lex, like maybe he'll be, he'll play both those, like the Lex in public, he'll be kind of like very stoic and like well-spoken, but like when he's in public and he's ticked off, maybe he will, we will see that like outburst and that passion. Yeah, you know, I guess we'll find out. Would you would you want what kind of version of Lex do you want? Do you kind of want like the you know the Kryptonian power suit Lex, like the mad scientist or like the cal- cold calculating like businessman like from the cartoon? That's a tough one. Cuz yeah. I there's like each different incarnation there are different things I like about them. 
I guess if I had to choose, like, while I do like seeing Lex suit up and, like, you know, be a power player like that, I also am more privy if he's just kind of like the string puller who's just got this, he's just this businessman who's just guilty and just kind of pissed off. And, like, you know, I think, okay, so when I think about, like, Lex portrayals, and you mentioned the cartoons, one of the portrayals that always comes to mind, obviously, like, Clancy Brown was a terrific voice for Lex, and he's, like, the voice I hear when I read him in the comics, but um, there's that Justice League Unlimited episode called Clash, uh, where Captain Marvel or Shazam is, you know, he's he's in town he's inspired by superman he wants to join the justice league he's he's all just like fanboying out over superman and lex luther you know built this town and like he's trying to do all these this this public work and these good displays and you know superman is very suspicious because it's lex luther but the whole thing is like it's this manipulation to make superman look like a total like jerk and a cruel person and push shazam away and obviously at some point you know Captain Marvel and Superman start fighting. That's kind of the crux of this is all propelling them to battle because, you know, Superman's looking horrible and Lex is looking like an innocent reformed person, you know, but that portrayal of Lex where it's like, he's that cunning and manipulative. Like, I love that. Yeah, I probably, that's definitely like my favorite version of Lex too. I like him as like the businessman, like, behind the scenes pulling the strings and like only kind of like Superman and Lois like really know like what Lex really is like, but to the public, he's just as beloved as Superman, but, and like, they can't really, they can never expose him Cause he's got like more money than everybody. And he's got the best lawyers and the best everything. And he can pay everybody off. But like, and he's always like, and he's kind of the reason that like Metallo exists or, you know, Parasite or things like that. Like he's kind of building up these villains to fight Superman, but he's ultimately the one pulling the strings. So yeah, that's a great episode of uh, Justice League Unlimited, like where, and that was like after Lex like had been exposed as like a bad guy, but he built himself up yeah. again as only he could to look like he was just a reformed innocent guy. So yeah, I, I kind of hope it, like, I don't know if we'll get him, like, in the big, you know, purple and green suit at the end. But I do, I want Holt to kind of be like that. He's running LexCorp and he's kind of doing, like, a lot of illegal, shady things uh, yeah. behind the scene. I mean, I would like him as a background character. And honestly, like, maybe over the span of, like, several films or something. Because what I would love to see, you know, if the engineer is truly the villain and there's, like, a different story going on is Lex Luthor's kind of, like, this slimy manipulator, but also you know, not only does he interact with Superman, but maybe he pops up in Batman and they kind of do something similar to, you know, Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor, you know, after Cataclysm, you know, so I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Lex could definitely be like that one, like, he could be almost like pop up in any kind of DC, like universe movie where just, you know, Lex Corp's coming in to take this over or take that over or he's, he put he's like funding funding uh, the authority or things like that. So Lex, yeah. you can do a lot of things with um, Lex Luthor in this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have two years. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, we'll just, yeah. I'm sure we'll change. We'll come up with different versions of the whole movie for the next two years. But. Yeah. 
Hey, you got a second? The Batman universe is looking for Batman fans with something to say. If you're interested in writing reviews of your favorite Batman books, or you want to contribute original content with articles like the top 10 forgotten Batman villains, or why dead Didio's exit from DC was the worst thing to ever happen, then we want to invite you to join our TBU staff family as a writer. Just reach out to our email, tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net, and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. It's that easy. And honestly, there's no reason not to. You get exclusive access to our TBU staff Discord server, you get early access to comics, and you meet a lot of cool people. What are you waiting for? Email us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. Speaking of uh, of, uh, new movies, though, um, we got a trailer for Justice League Crisis on Infinite Worlds Part 1. So it's very short. It's only like a minute. Um, But how did you feel about it? I did get excited when it was part one and it in that little trailer said three parts. So that's pretty um that's pretty epic. Like usually when it comes to these animated movies, we either get a part one or two. But to tell a story like Crisis, you do need multiple parts. So more than two. I mean, that's multiple, but more than two parts to tell like to get everything you want in Crisis. So that was I was excited about that. Yeah, and just to note, I did not mention a date because we don't have a hard date on this. It's um, all three parts supposedly are going to release in 2024, but and they're they're aiming January 2024 for part one. So, um, you know, it is yeah, it's a big story, and I'm I'm you know it's been a really long time since I'm excited excited since I've been excited about anything DC animated. Like we're talking years and years. I just haven't been the biggest fan of a lot of this stuff. But I will say um, the animation on this one, I actually liked it. So okay. it, it looked it looked really nice and polished compared to, you know, ones that came out in the past, you know, five or six years. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm cautiously optimistic. And what we did here of the voice work sounds good. So... I mean, hard to say, obviously, off of a minute trailer, but, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this, these new, like, um, to, like Tomorrowverse movies, like, with this kind of singular animation style, I've been kind of, like, iffy on them, like, middle of the road almost. Like, I've reviewed, a, uh, I think, all of them for the, um, for the site, but they have like at some point all of them kind of have like this big kind of swerve that like you really kind of don't see coming like they take big swings so i respect that uh the last movie they had war world was like that was like you can skip that one like nothing really i remember your review (laughs) like i don't know it was just kind of batman superman and wonder woman in like different time periods and you just didn't you know how they got there but it, it was just basically set up to have a little post have post credits and they say a crisis is coming. And so then boom, but yeah, it was, but I mean, yeah, I'm excited for crisis. Like I loved what the whole crisis event on uh, the CW, you know, as kind of 
oh, what they did with like their limited budget and like limited like characters they could bring in. But just looking at this, like we see multiple Supermen. Um, I think we see like a Huntress and a Robin at one point. Uh, so I think there's going to be a ton of characters, and I'm I'm excited for that. So I should mention, um, like ten years ago, they scaled the story down, and they released a just like a, a standard movie, you know, animated movie called Crisis on Two Worlds. I don't know if you ever watched that one. But one of my favorites. I was going to say, because, yeah, for me, too, it is one of my favorites. That is like one of the DC animated films I rewatch all the time. Yep. And I don't like him as a person on the Internet, but James Woods as Owlman in there is fantastic. So, like, so, like, so, uh, swarmy and just, like, yeah. such a know-it-all. And, like, he's so good in that. And I love his ending. Like, when he knows he's going to die and he's, like, trapped, he just... His whole his last words are it doesn't matter. And it's just like it's amazing. So yeah. this compared to that, like that's the thing where it's like, you know, that's the um bar to beat, in my opinion. I mean, I'll try to go in there with an open mind, but like we have Crisis on Two Worlds. I'm definitely good with that one. So I don't know. Yeah, I love Crisis on Two Worlds. That's probably like those like those early DC animated movies like that and probably under the red hood are like my two favorites from that era. Like those are probably the gold standard, like of that, the, of that era where they were just kind of adapting like single stories or whatever. And then they kind of went into like the whole continuity and the whole new 52 movies and kind of went away from like just adapting like a cool story. Yeah, no, I would agree. Cause yeah, yeah. My, my favorites, like the four off the top of my head, like under the red hood, Obviously, Crisis on on Two Earths. I really like New Frontier, and then um, I just had it. Public Enemies. I actually yes. like it better than the comic book story. Yes, me too. Same. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's confusing. Yeah, like they all kind of like like those four. They all kind of like took what worked from the story and kind of were able to keep it for their universe. Like the like under Red Hood. Like you read that story, and like it's a great story up until the point where like the whole infinite crisis stuff happened. So if you just read it in like a collected trade, you're like, what? Like all of a sudden like the, the <laughs> earth blowing up, like there's inf like infinite realities. Like I thought this was a sidekick coming back from the dead. But when you just have that movie and you kind of take away all that like fluff and filler and it's just kind of this condensed single story and it works really well. Yeah. Yeah. Great ones. Um, for if anyone who hasn't watched it, highly recommend those obviously. <laughs> Um, but our last topic, speaking of uh, Elseworlds, I guess we can label this. Uh, we got more Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League gameplay, about like 20 minutes of it with like commentaries. And, you know, uh, and apparently we're getting these all the time now or pretty regularly for the next couple months. So I don't know if you watched the whole video. I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about this update? Uh, I mean, you watch that video, and uh, if you want to play a drinking game, kind of take a shot every time they say traversal, like in that in that twenty minute video. Like, uh, good luck to you. But um, it was like I actually screenshotted a comment on, like I clicked on the link that you sent, and I screenshotted a comment, and it said, 
my favorite DC comic is the one where Harley Quinn opens a loot chest and gets a white level one assault rifle. Authentic. So that's kind of like, I know we talked, me and Otto talked about that last uh, episode, how like we kind of hate like the, the loot crate and the buy everything and download this and download that. We kind of just want like a cool story. And I don't know, maybe the story will be all right. I kind of wish. Um, I think one of your questions on here was like, do we do I like if it's like in being part of the Arkhamverse? Like, not really. I wish they kind of didn't go back into that world because like I don't know about you, how you feel about that. Um yeah, so there's a lot there. First, I will say. When I put this on here, like I had listened, obviously, since I was I wasn't here last time, so I did listen to um, you and Otto talk about, you know, the whole all the news from, you know, David Zaslav about like live service video games. Yeah. And Otto made a comment about how there's been no advertising or anything about this game. We haven't heard anything and it's coming out in February. And then lo and behold, within a week, bam, you know, and with, with more apparently coming regularly, this is their marketing plan. So I did think that was funny. Um, but as part of it is being part of the Arkhamverse, I don't, I don't get it because, okay. So there's a couple things. The character model for Deadshot is completely different than his than the character model for the same character in um, Arkham or oh, Arkham City, right? Yeah, Origins, I think. Or Origins, no, yeah. yeah, City. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't remember now, but so there's that, and it's like enough of a difference to where like, wait, like, how are these connected? And then the other thing. That I thought, like, I know they make tie-in comics and nobody cares. Like, except there's like a there's a small pocket of people who are like, I love the Arkhamverse so much, I'm gonna read the tie-in comics. But I thought Captain Boomerang was dead technically in those comics. I haven't I haven't read those comics. <laughs> so granted, they could just say it was another one or something. Yeah. But like, you know, just weird little things where it feels like it's Arkhamverse in name only, and only really to kind of beat a dead horse and sell you on this game yeah it feels like that's i wonder if i like when they first started it like it wasn't going to be tied into our conversable like oh geez like because if it feels like they're kind of selling it on like oh it's part of the Arkhamverse. like if you want to complete the whole arkham series like you have to get this one and so like and then watching it i'm like oh geez like i remember when those arkham games came out like that like for a lot of people like that's kind of like their favorite version of batman and like i respect that too like it's a great version of batman but and when those games came out we're like oh gee like oh man what could they do with like a superman game or a flash game or this and now they've made a game with flash and superman and green lantern and wonder Woman, but you can't play with them you have to try to kill them like it's like i can't like i'm like i want to kind of i want to play as the heroes like like yeah. and, and I want to see like real Metropolis, not like you know a Metropolis where every citizen is dead, like and taken over by Brainiac. Like, I mean, it was cool seeing like the video. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of cool Easter eggs, but like, it's like it's kind of just nothing. Yeah, and I mean, like it came out that Penguin is like your arms dealer, or whatever, which I guess is a tie into the Arkham first. But like, I don't know. I think the thing too is like this game is so totally different than the Arkham games. And like, obviously 
those are Batman games are going to be dark and moody by nature. But like, this feels like more at home with like the Harley Quinn cartoon show. Yeah. I don't know. Or, you know, obviously the character lineup and designs are very much inspired by the Suicide Squad movies, which is great. Like, I liked that second one a lot that like James Gunn did. And that would be fine if it was just like a riff on that. But it's just weird to tie it to the game franchise and all the footage we saw, like it looks fine, but it doesn't get me excited. Like it's just, you know, I don't know. It's something I might play if it's like $10, like on clearance or something. I was happy to see um, he's voicing the flash. I was happy to see Scott Porter uh, uh, street from Friday night lights. I was happy to see him. Uh, But other than that, I'm like, yeah, we kind of hit it all. Like, Oh, I had something to say about blank. I'm blanking, but you know, it's going to be, I mean, I'm sure I'll play it like, but I really don't know if I'll finish it. Like, to be honest, I've never finished Arkham Knight just because it was annoying to use the Batmobile. Like I'm getting in a rhythm and all of a sudden I'm, you know, shooting this tank at like drones and I just want to kind of play as Batman. Like what it's really going to do is inspire me to play, you know, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City again, really, just because I haven't played those in so long. And those games are so good, and they're some of my favorites. But yeah, I'm just kind of like, uh, oh, here's what I was gonna say. So I think me and Otto said this last episode, but it does feel like this game is kind of a few years too late, where the whole anti-hero trend is kind of gone by the wayside. Like, like I love that movie too, the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie, and then they were really pumping up anti-hero stuff with Black Adam, and then they had this game coming and. I think they announced this game like at that first fandom, like during COVID. So it feels like kind of the whole anti-hero trends kind of floated away by the wayside. And like, we're kind of, we want to get back into that Superman, you know, truth, justice and the American way and all that. So I wonder if this game is going to hit like what they think it's going to, what they want to. Yeah, no, that's a good point too. Cause I feel like there's that, there's a word I'm thinking of, like, and it's not smarmy and it's not nihilism, but like, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's what you're saying with the anti-hero trend. And I like, you know, you guys mentioned it last episode with the Spider-Man games, you know, kind of being, you know, the spiritual, you know, successor to the Batman Arkham games. And just that, mm-hmm. like, you know, people, people definitely seem to be wanting more of that, you know, and I don't know, we'll see what happens, but I mean, do I really want to kill the flash? Like, not really. <laughs> Like, I I don't get I wonder if I do wonder if it's like because at one point, I I don't know if you watched that whole uh, video, but at one point they show Lex like in the power suit, his Kryptonian like battle suit. So I wonder if like he ends up joining your team at some point or like you have to fight him or I wonder if you actually kill the heroes or not or you just break them from their mind control or something. But I don't know. Kill the Justice in the title. Like, that's kind of like, uh, that's kind of a hardcore title. Yeah. Well, they got to sell it somehow, I guess. The question yeah. I have, and people in the comments or on Discord can disagree and can let us know how they feel about this, but BJ, I'm asking you first. Um, do you want to keep covering this? If we're getting stuff pretty regularly till February? Uh, maybe if something really you know, story mode kind of jumps out at us or if one of us plays it, but I don't know if I want to keep watching, like, I'm sure I will watch those videos, but like, yeah, just to see if anything kind of jumps out, but 
But like, I think they're just going to keep going back to like, oh, this is the combat. This is the gameplay. And some of that combat looks a little like complicated. Like, it's not like the kind of jumping on, flying on a jetpack with Deadshot and then landing down and shooting the like aliens. Like, it's not the kind of the cool, crisp, uh, you know, Arkham combat that was like so revolutionary. Yeah, I think the guns thing kind of bores me. I don't know. Maybe because it's yeah. like the DC universe and it's like guns and I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I suck at Call of Duty and like those games. Like, I've yeah. always been terrible unless it's like, you know, Goldeneye for N64. Like, I'm, I was pretty good at that one. But any type of like shooter game, like, I, I suck at it. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll go back to play Arkham. Oh, I did want to say something because you mentioned you quit Arkham Knight. So, <laughs> so I beat it, but. I'll have to I'll have to make it known. I spent like three weeks after like completing the story and you know, all the side quests, um, getting every damn Riddler trophy. Did you get them? <laughs> yes. It's oh a god, god bless you. <laughs> I had I to do it. <laughs> I remember some Riddler trophies in that game where you had to like drive the Batmobile like on a roof and like I was like, I was like, I can't do this. I had the YouTube. So I was just so annoyed by the Batmobile. It was just such like a yeah. such like a drag. Where it was like every kind of like every other mission was like as the Batmobile. Like I didn't mind like driving it through the streets and stuff. But when I had to like when I had to get into like a battle with it, I was like, oh, this is so annoying. Like I don't even want to deal with this. Yeah. I treated it, it was like a part time job. Get home from work, and then you're like, ah, put an hour or two in the Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. Maybe get like five or six trophies. <laughs> I don't think even with Asylum in Arkham City, like I didn't, I didn't get all the real trophies on that on those either. Arkham City lets you get by with getting all but like ten or fifteen or something like that. I can't remember the number, but you didn't have to get every single one. Yeah. To like get the final Riddler thing, and so that's what I was going for. Was just that, and Arkham Asylum was like, out of all three of those, has the least number of Riddler trophies. But I wonder if there'll be any like variation on the riddler trophy in this game because those kind of like those riddler trophies are kind of like a staple of those games so i wonder if they're gonna have some something on that i know they had like in that clip we saw um king shark put on riddler's hat which i didn't get i didn't get the point of that was just to show a big man with big shark monster with a little funny bowler hat i don't know you know maybe they will and since it's a live service the um things you have to do to get some of those trophies you really got to grind like hours and hours and hours to unlock something in order for you to actually do the puzzle to get the trophy oh don't even don't even say <laughs> <laughs> um, well i guess that wraps it on uh kill the justice league we'll cover it when there's something really interesting but um i guess for the time being don't expect too much from us on that unless you say we're wrong and that we really need to watch these videos and give us a passionate plea as to why uh, I'm open to, I'm open to hearing that. Um, but that said, um, visit us at the batmanuniverse.net for comic reviews, movie news, more, you know, like I said, TV, uh, BJ's TBU five things will be posted below. You know, we'll have the trailer for um, crisis on infinite worlds part one below as well. Um, and the suicide squad video. So you can, see all those things we're talking about. Um, if you want to chat with us, hop on our Discord, or you can write us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net, and we'll respond to your comments on air. Um, if you like these episodes, please subscribe, rate, and share for BJ and myself. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>